0: Baruch Ata Adonai Elohenu Menakaolam Asher Bachar bin Vim Tovim Veratza Vedivrehim Hane Emarim beemet Baruch Ata Adonai Havoker Batora Uv Moshe Abdo Uv Israel Amo Uvin Vie Ha Emet bizkut Mashiach Mashiachishua Amein well, welcome everybody to the Haftarah, get you some, for Parsha. told, don't, watch out. Um, anyway, Bukh may Hashem's name be blessed and lifted up high. Myself and Hasis are here with some insights. So Hasis, take it away.
1: All right, Bukh it's great to be on. Uh, says, <clears throat> so we'll start with the kind of a setting, a little time frame here. So the half tour is from the book of Malachi, the last of the prophets. And he speaks his message this around the time 450 before Common Era or, uh, BCE. So all through the second temple, uh, although the second temple has been rebuilt by now, Malachi is unhappy about the weakness of the people and the religious faith and responsibility. And so he goes on through this half tour, like criticizing the priest in charge of the temple and all, all sorts of things, reminding people of their identity, essentially. Right. Okay, we've mentioned a few things about Malachi.
0: All right, bring it on.
1: Uh, Malachi. The Hebrew term is more, it sounds like more Malachi.
0: That's the correct way to say it. Or the Hebrew uh, way to say it, anyway.
1: Hebrew way, evrit. Cool. So, mentions. Uh, from about the Rabbi Natan 1-3, that Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi Malachi received the traditions of the Torah from earlier prophets. Mm. And from Baba Batra 14b, they are the last of the prophets. Wow. And it says in Megillah 15a, it says, Malachi is Mordecai. Why is he called Malachi? Because he was second to the king, Malach and was looked upon as an angel, Malach. Mm. However, the Talmud concludes that Malachi is actually Ezra, and so there's different interpretations of who Malachi actually is. Is he Mordecai? Is he Ezra? Uh, general opinion seems to be that, that he's associated with Ezra, though. So. Okay.
0: So we kind of got a remiss to the two Mashiachs. Two mm-hmm. different people, but they're really one.
1: There's a whole one identity that holds these two. That's, a, that's an amazing insight. Thank you, man. That's amazing.
0: Keep it, going. it says
1: here from uh, Megidah 3a, Sanhedrin 93b, and Rashi, says, I, Daniel alone, saw the vision, but the people who were with me did not see. Mm. This refers to Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. They were superior to him and that they were prophets whom God sent to the people to deliver their prophecy. Whereas well, he was not sent to deliver any prophecy, and he was superior to them, and that he saw a vision, whereas they did not. So there's a connection with like Daniel within him. Okay. So, this is a little background who Malachi is. And this We're going to dive into the half Torah and we're going to focus on this topic of identity.
0: Huh. Well, I guess it's about time for that. Some relevant topics here.
1: Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't been happening lately, right?
0: <laughs> no, no one's struggling with identity.
1: Alright, so just a little brief, brief insight into our verse-by-verse breakdown for the half-Torah. We have, this is all from Malachi 1, uh, and then we got chapter 2, 1 through 7. So in our first few verses, 1 through 5, we have the verse where it says, Hashem loves Yaakov and hates Esau. 6 through 10, the Kohanim despise the Avada, the service. 11 and 12, their conduct is worse than that of the Gentile nations. 13 and 14, the rest of the nation is also guilty of this sin. And chapter two, the beginning of that, it talks about the punishment for disrespecting Hashem's honor. And then concluding the half tour, it talks about the proper role of the coin. So that's our, our overview.
0: All right. Nicely done. Some definitely hot topics in there.
1: Definitely. So we have, first of all, I kind of wanted to start off with like his style um, of course, Malachi, who's the last of these, the 13 minor prophet in the second uh, temple era, and his kind of style of prophecy is a little bit different from the other prophets, and then it's almost like this dialogue. It's this very dramatic dialogue type of style. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes, for example, it says, Hashim loves you, and the people says, we don't believe it. Can you prove it? It says the proof is da 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 yeah. Another point, he says, the Kohanim have despised Hashem's name. You know, just, just throwing some stuff out there, getting them interested and involved in the conversation. They reply, how have we despised it? He says, by offering disgusting food on the altar. In what way is it disgusting? It is so because, blah, 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 blah. So he has this, it's interesting, his style is very interesting, is that he tries to engage the people in dialogue. And he usually throws some controversial phrase out there or question um, okay. to, to kind of engage his audience in a conversation.
0: Wow, if he was on the interwebs, it'd be called clickbait.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> there'd, be, there'd be a lot of trolls on his page, for sure.
0: What, what, is, what is this? I thought this was a Jewish channel. It is. <laughs> Check it out.
1: <laughs> Man. All right. So, uh, starting out in our very first verse, we have, it says, the translation is, the prophecy of the word of Hashem to Israel through Malachi. And Hebrew it's literally Masa davar adonai el Israel bayad malachi. And what's very interesting is it, it's, it uses the word for prophecy as Masa. This is actually an extremely rare term when it's referring to the word prophecy. Right. And this word has the connotation of burden from Nasa, which is like to carry. And so this this question brought down is like why is this why is the this prophecy associated with Malachi is termed like this burden? Wow. And it, this idea is brought down that that each Navi soul, the prop the soul of every prophet, actually received their prophecy when the Torah was given at Mount Sinai, and that prophet, the Navi, carried it around with him until the proper time came for him to reveal it to the Jews, <laughs> to the Jewish people. Wow. And so he goes on to say, like, why well okay, well if that's the case, why is Malachi why why is he associated with his burden? And it says because he was the last of all the prophets to carry the prophetic message from the time of the Torah was given to the Jewish people at Har Sinai. So he's been carrying around the this the soul of this of of Malachi, whether you want to interpret it as Ezra, Mordecai, um, he's been carrying around this burden of prophecy to rebuke and to uh help call Israel do do chuva towards Hashem. And there's another interpretation is that um, his, at his time, prophecy had almost come to a close. It, it also mentions that, that it's his death, along with um, the, the other two prophesied in, in his time, that after his death, the whole divine inspiration kind of ceased from Israel. Wow. And so this prophecy was coming to a close at his time, and so it's termed Masa, which literally means a prophecy achieved and grasped by the prophet with great difficulty. Wow. So this idea of, of struggling for this prophecy. And lastly, it's because uh, it's termed masa, masa because it's a strong prophecy. He used these very, very dramatic, drastic expressions, like we talked about, to engage his audience. But that wasn't his only point, in using these strong expressions throughout his prophecies. The second idea and using such strong language was to reinforce his message, to engrave it in the minds of people so that it will be remembered throughout all time by his listeners.
0: Throughout all time.
1: Yes. Hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of the intro of like just like the very first word in our half tour at Maasai. You see like just right here, the just the depths of just using the Hebrew language my side, like this whole it's not just a prophecy. It's like the burden he's been carrying with them. Kind of takes the sharp language that he used. Um this whole struggle for for holding on to this prophecy to reveal to the people.
0: So we can learn a lot from Malachi just from looking at the first words of the hospital.
1: Yes incredibly
0: that is a good song right there <laughs>
1: <laughs> then right here we go down into verse two and it says i love you says hashem to the jewish people and if you ask how do we know that you loved us hashem answers wasn't esav Yaakov's brother yet i loved yakov hmm. and then we have down there it says in verse three it says i hate esav Esau. And the proof is that I destroyed his mountains and gave his inheritance to land of Eden, to the snakes of the wilderness. Yikes. And so right off, right off the bat, he he reminds the Jewish people that Hashem still loves them. This is a time when the Jews in Eretz Israel, they're they're very poor. They're plagued by famines, enemy attacks. And so a lot of them are finding it hard to believe that Hashem like loves them, that they're his favorite people. And so he reassures them with this prophecy of, of God's love, starts off says, I love you, says Hashem, to the Jewish people. Kind of like this word of encouragement. Reminding them who they are. They're, they're Hashem's before. They're Hashem's firstborn. Identity. Yes. And so, like, right there, he's reminding them of their identity, like you said. And it's kind of like this, uh, there's this tension when many people first read this voice because it talks about Hashem's hating Esau. Esau. And so, we have this... This idea, but what what is what is Malaki trying to actually establish for the Jewish people? He's trying to establish them a sense of identity. And why would Hashem hate Esau? Well, if you go back to the story, back in uh, Pasha Toldot, it, you you see the differences between Yaakov and Esau. And you see how time and time again, you see Yaakov, he's just striving. He's striving to, be, to, to gain the, the blessing of the firstborn. He's trying to gain the blessing of his father. He's all days, read, read, the, uh, read the commentaries from sages and rabbis. Um, he's always he's always striving uh, to learn Torah, to study Torah, to be in the tents, and live a, live a life of kindness and righteousness. Whereas you have Esau, who's constantly going out there. He's constantly in the field, in the world, hunting, gathering, living a life of crime. More so, just from the text, you can gather that, that Yaakov, he sold his birthright. And the, and the Torah mentions that he, he despised it, you know. And then it mentions that he took two Canaanite wives, the uh, idolaters from the nations. And you can kind of imagine the suffering and the anguish that's going to cause the entire family, and especially his parents. You know, this is Yitzchak. This was the, the the one who was bound up as the akida, You know, and then, then you have Rivka, a, a woman who literally left this this area of... of of, of darkness and vileness and corruption in order to to live live a Torah true life and serve Hashem. And you can imagine like these people have strived for Hashem with their whole being to the point of giving up their lives or leaving everything they know and their son is causing this was anguish. And so you have this idea of Aesov, why would Hashem hate Aesov? Because because he despises his identity and he tries to run from it. He tries to flee from it. Whereas Yaakov, he cleaves to it. Mm. And believe this is why why Yaakov has found a favor in the eyes of Hashem.
0: Wow, despising your identity connects with the hatred that God would have towards Atov? Yes, that's that's low low toes don't get you something.
1: Do not. We we have to to accept our identity as uh, just creations of Hashem, being made in the image of Hashem. And this needs to be before us always. Um, all right, can I throw in inner story time?
0: Story time. come on!
1: All right. So it says Midrash Tankuma speaks on, like, relating on this verse about hating Esau. It says, relates a story that the wicked Enumite general, Turnus Rufus, who once asked Rabbi Akiva, why do your prophets, Malachi, Say that God hates the descendants of Esau. Rabbi Akiva told him that he would provide him with the answer the following day. The next day they met, and Rabbi Akiva told him that the precious night, he had a dream in which he saw two dogs. One was named Rufus, and the other was named Rufina. Immediately, the general became furious and shouted, How dare you insult me like that? My name is Rufus, and my wife's name is Rufina. You deserve to die for such insolence. Rabbi Akiva replied, He didn't mean to insult anyone. Rather, in his dream, it was clear that in essence, there's no difference between the general and a dog. He said, you both eat and drink. You both bear offspring and you both will eventually die. So what is the difference between you and why are you getting so mad? Therese Riffus was quiet for a moment and Rabbi Akiva continued. Do you want to kill me just because I called them by your name? Just imagine God's anger with you. He has created the heavens and the earth. Every stick, every tree, every rock is placed here by him with clear intention to serve him. And what do you do? You take this very same stick or tree and you call it your God. Then you worship it as if you've done something to deserve worship. As if it has as if it has done something to deserve worship. Isn't this a valid reason for him to hate you? This is why your prophet says, By Esau, I've hated. Yaqovinu the uh, Ishtam, he's like this perfect uh, psalm where Asav is the crooked, tricky son, the day, the man of the fields. And so this is kind of like hitting with, their, with our story. You have this idea, um, Rabbi Kiva just kind of blasting this general Turnus Rufa in the face, just having him reflect on himself. You take what Hashem has given you and you use it, you use it to spit in his face and this is a, this is an attitude that we should all stray away from as, as much as possible
0: can you heat out some well i would i would say that's a beautiful story that was that was very violent
1: very violent <laughs> man and just uh, it also showed the Muna of uh, rabbi akiva like willing to stand up to the one the head generals who can execute him on the spot and not, and also shows to go, show his wisdom, and that, like, he caused the general to actually reflect on himself.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely a get-you-some, as far as why people would think that he's a Mashiach figure, because, you know, we know Mashiach does the same thing, thing. you know, but, Mm -hmm. obviously, Mashiach is on a whole nother level, and it's just, it's just crazy how, uh, that story is just brought down at, and it's so much truth, and it's so much uh, compassion, but then it's so much reality. Yes. Uh, so, Berksham?
1: So this is Malachi's is, uh, first hint of the Jewish people. Just r- remind, remind them of their first identity. Like, hold fast to, your, to the legacy you have. Hold fast to our forefathers. Hold fast to our traditions and our Torah. Don't be like Esau, who's, who's taken all that and, and used it against Hashem.
0: Wow, your your first love is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, don't don't forsake your first love. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then goes on in the second part, moving on a few verses, uh, going to verse verse seven and nine and, and eleven. Um, so I'll go to he goes in talking about how they've they said if you ask, have we made it disgusting? The answer is in that you say the table of Shim is despicable. And it goes in how they're ta- talking all this this evil about the sacrifices, how it was filthy and dirty. And it goes in talking about how they would end up offering these, these blemished sacrifices. They'd choose the weakest or the nastiest or the sickest instead of the firstborn of their, their flock. Mm. And then down in verse 11, says, For from where the sun rises until where it sets, my name is great among the nations. And in every place, incense is burned, and the sacrifices are brought to my name. They are pure offerings, for my name is great among the nations, is a Shem of post. And so you have you have uh Malachi, uh he's saying here that even the Gentile nations take great care to offer the best quality animals for sacrifices. And he goes on talking about even though they worship all these gods, they still have this the supreme God that they worship, and they honor him more than you're doing right now at this moment. Talking of course to to call Israel at this time. Mm-hmm. And then, so there's this interesting stories um, through all these, these uh, Gentile kings who show so much honor to Hashem and the blessing that's bestowed upon him for that. So one, one time, in it, it, this uh, first story, it talks about King uh, uh, Eglon. who's a Moabite king, and it's mentioning the prophet, not the prophet, but the, the judge Ehud, who snuck into his, his, uh, his palace with this double-edged sword. And he says, he, he gives this message to his king. He says, he proclaimed, I bring a message to you from God, O king. And as soon as the Moabite king Eglon heard God's name being mentioned, he arose respectfully from his throne. This supports the statement that Hashem's name was universally revered. And as soon as he did that, Ahud then drew out his sword and thrust it through the king's body. Commenting, indeed, this is my message from Hashem, to put you death by the sword I secretly brought here. And of course, this is King Eglon was, was a Moabite king who was persecuting the Jewish people. And so you had this, this judge of a hood who snuck in there and was delivering Israel from him. But even this, this king who was considered a complete rasha, a complete wicked person, when he heard the name of Hashem, he rose from his throne to what? pay honor. And Hashem saw this and he rewarded him for this. Says even though he was a rasha, Hashem rewarded him for the, his act of reverence for him. Hashem said, "Because you stood up to honor me, your descendant will sit on my throne." Ooh! And this was none other than King David's ancestress, the convert Ruth, who was Eglon's granddaughter. Oh
0: my word! My word. Seriously?
1: Mm-hmm. Wow! And so Hashem says he'll show us kindness for generations to those who love him. And even though this guy didn't love Hashem, he did show an act of honor for him. And so Hashem said, okay, your ancestors is going to sit on my throne.
0: You mean to say from one act of kindness came a legacy of a royal dynasty?
1: Yes. That's what we learned from uh, Abraham. And there's... A uh, this next story. Can
0: I just say something um, before you do that? Real yeah,
1: quick? go
0: for it. Because I think it's a very, very important for all of us to know the gravity of what was just uh, presented with with Eglon. Because we downplay acts of kindness all the time. I think as Yehudim, we love acts of kindness and we do them. But I don't think we really get, and I don't know how possible it is for us to, but to really understand the depth and the future consequences of our acts of kindness and consequences I'm saying in a good light, but I just think it's so like, at least for me, I know I, I definitely do not understand, you know, I, I pick up a piece of paper off the ground or I keep somebody from stepping on a nail because I work in a warehouse and <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I did that. You know? And it's just like, no, you have no idea the ripple effect. So my personal conviction, but I just want to put that out there to all of us that let's not downplay acts of kindness. That is one of the pillars of the world and uh yeah. it's a pillar for a reason so story time it is
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely definitely just you know the whole idea because we have this idea you know he's he's giving reverence to Hashem he's he's doing a kindness to shim. you know it's also mentioned uh by Mashiach um, he on. says when his Talmudim says when have when have we Ever clothed you? When have we ever given you something to drink and this and this and this? Mm-mm. And he says, you know, what what you've done. Essentially, he talks about what you've done for others is what you've done for me, you know. And so this idea of, of the kindness we offer to a fellow Jew, or even as we know from our forefather Abraham, to to any anyone, yes. uh, regardless of their their lineage, regardless of their belief system, it's it's like we're offering a kindness to a shem. Because at the end of the day, we're all all made in the image of Hashem.
0: Well, Toda Rabah for bringing up that amazing insight.
1: thank you for starting it up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this next this next story. All right, this next story time uh, is takes the time frame of King Hezekiah and Ooh. and like the 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 beginning of the Babylonian exile. All right. So King uh, Hezekiah, who he pleads to Hashem for, for life. Essentially, this is the background of this. Um, I'll just pick it up with um, story time right here.
0: Story time. Hit it.
1: OK, so the righteous king Hezekiah, lay mortally ill, Hashem sent the prophet Yeshayahu to tell him, give your last instructions to your household for you will die. The king, however, did not accept Hashem's decree. He prayed for recovery with all his heart, and his prayer was answered. Once again, the prophet Yeshayahu entered, this time with good tidings. Shim says, I will heal you, and in three days you will be able to go to the Beha Nechdash. Hezekiah requested of the prophet, give me a sign that I will indeed be healed. Yeshayahu promised, the shadow of your sundial will indicate an hour that is ten hours less than the actual time. So Ashim miraculously lengthened the day by ten hours. As a result, the whole world was thrown into confusion, and Babel, Babylonian, uh, Babylon, King Modach Baladan, arose at his, the usual time. Noting the time of day, he assumed his servants had let him oversleep a full day. He threatened them with death. We are innocent, your majesty, they protested. The sun has actually turned back. Upon establishing that his servants were right, Modok Bal uh, Baladan was filled with marvel. So the sun, whom I worship is not the highest god, he exclaimed. Hezekiah, whose God, is superior to it. So he decided to honor Hezekiah, whose powerful God, and sent a message of goodwill to the Jewish king. It began with the words, Shalom unto Hezekiah, uh, Hezekiah, Hezekiah, Shalom until Hezekiah's God, and Shalom unto Yushalayim. The king sealed the letter and handed it to the royal couriers. After they sped off with of it, Modak Balan realized that he made a grave mistake. How silly of me to have first praised Hezekiah and only then his God. I should have praised God first of all. Now I can't even correct this terrible error, for the letter has already left my hands. The king thought for a moment. Then he took three steps toward one of his couriers. You must hurry, he ordered him, and retrieve the letter that I sent out to the Jewish king. The courier managed to catch up with the messenger who carried the letter and returned it to Modach Baldan emperor tore it up or replaced it with the correct version. Shalom to Hezekiah, uh, great God. Shalom to Hezekiah, and Shalom to Yushalayim. Said Hashem, as a reward for the three steps you took in my honor, I will give you three descendants who will rule over the whole world. Those being Nebuchadnezzar, evil Mordach, and the uh, uh, Bel mm. Wow. And there's, a, there's another interpretation of this of these three steps. So there's three steps he took because he wanted to correct the letter to put Hashem's uh, to put Hashem's greatness above Hezekiah's greatness. So it took three <laughs> steps to take another, another carrier. And so the eighth Yosef actually suggests another another insight into these three steps. Bring it on. And he said, as a result of his taking three steps forward, his son or grandson, Nebuchadnezzar, was given the power to destroy the Beit Oh. In order, so get this, and this this is a really amazing part. In order to counteract the damage done by Nebuchadnezzar, we take three steps backwards in Hashem's honor. <laughs> then, then we pray that Hashem should restore the Beit HaMikhtash. Oh. Of course, this is referring to the three steps we take back um, in the Amidah right before we say the, the blessing to, um, of, of the temple of him restoring the temple in our days, the last little section of the, the Amidah.
0: I just want to pick up a tree and just chunk it.
1: What? Yes. That
0: is insane.
1: <laughs> so a little meditation we have when we're, when we're oh. prayer, we take those three steps back. We're doing this. We're making this takun. We're made. It's like the spiritual warfare. Um, <laughs> We read about Beniyahu and Laugh Torah portion and how everything it reads about him in the Mighty Man section of, of the Tanakh, it's interpreted by the rabbis to be like him studying Torah. And that's like what he did on a spiritual level.
0: Man.
1: So when we take these three steps back, we're counteracting these da- this damage done by Nebuchadnezzar, this destroying of the temple. And so a little part of our identity is is, is, is as, as ones who who pray to Hashem as rebuilders of the temple, rebuilders of, of Yerushalem, who are oh. our, our heartfelt prayers and, and tears and, and our motions and our intentions when we pray.
0: Oh, my
1: goodness.
0: <laughs> You're done, Cassis, Toda, for joining us <laughs> on this podcast.
1: Shalom, and join us next time.
0: <laughs> it's been lovely. Um, you barely got through the Hofstra, so, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week.
1: Man,
0: <laughs> all, right, all right, you can come
1: back. One Man, week later,
0: <laughs> yeah, one week later. Here we are. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> Have to we decided to resume
1: <laughs> half <laughs> yes. tour. Toldo.
0: Yes, we are back. All <laughs> right. all right. So, what you got so, for us tonight?
1: <laughs> well, I wanna, wanna take a back, take a step back, and go to uh, step um, back, really. Yeah, take three steps back. Oh. Three steps back to Malachi's name and what that means. Um, but before we do, I want to kind of zoom over to the end of the half Torah, because again, you have uh, Malachi reminding them of their identity, and so he talks about uh, in two four, know that I delegated you, Kohenim, this mitzvah of honoring me through the performance of my avodah for the sake of my covenant with the tribe of Lavi Says. Hashem I made such a covenant with the tribesmen of Levi to bring them merits. Mm. The covenant I made with the tribe's founder, Aaron, bestows upon him life and shalom. I granted the covenant to him on account of the fear with which he feared me, and because he trembled before my name. And then in with the, of course this is with the Midrash commentary in the verse. He, Aaron, taught the Torah of truth, and there is no injustice on the lips. For he never made a mistake in halacha. He made shalom among fellow Jews for my sake and went with me in the straight paths, meaning that when I dealt harsh with them, as his two sons died, he acknowledged my justice. And many fellow Jews did he withhold from sin by rebuking them. And so you have this idea that, that he goes and he talks to Levi. He talks to the ones who are they're the leadership of Israel, the priests. He talks to the priests. He talks to the kohans the, the as well, and reminds them of where it all stems from, which is which is Aaron. Asks this question, what what merit did Aaron have? And it's like found within the commentary in the next verse that he taught the Torah of truth. There is no injustice on his lips. He he acknowledged his Hashem's justice. Like when bad things happened to Aaron, he didn't complain to Hashem. He acknowledged that this is from Hashem, and he stood silent when his, his sons were killed in front of him. He did all these acts of kindness, and he, he was known as the great peacemaker, bringing peace between people, causing sinners to do teshuva uh, just from his inspiration. Wow. And so he's, he's reminding them, of like, look, this is, this is where you stem from, addressing, addressing the leaders who are desecrating all these sacrifices. Like, remember where you come from. Remember your identity as the ones who are supposed to bring shalom between the people. Shalom between the people and the people, shalom between Hashem and the people. You are literally the ones bridging the gap. And you need to own up to who you are. You need to accept your identity as a leader of this people and start leading them. Beautiful. And then it, it ends it ends with this: for the lips of the Khan ought to guard Torah knowledge. And the Jews ought to seek Torah instruction from his mouth, since he is the master, messenger of Hashem uh Sebonot, Hashem of host. Sebonot. And so you see embedded throughout this whole idea as you have you have Malachi literally reminding the Jews of their identity who we are as to serve Hashem needs to be before us always.
0: You know, as you say that, I think about Malik David saying, I set Hashem before me always. Yes, because, you know, as we set Hashem before us, that he is our creator. And if we set the source of where we come from before us, we do exactly what you just said, Malachi, is exhorting the Kohanim. Remember where you came from.
1: Yes, exactly. Go back to the beginning. Go back to who it all started. Go back to, like, accept your family lineage like Yaakov. I loved Yaakov. I loved him because he accepted his identity because he, he strove he stro- to... to to carry on the legacy of his family, Mm -mm. which was my Torah, says Hashem.
0: Wow. You know, if we zoom out from the actual Torah scroll and we're going through the parashot, you know, the very last thing we read about in the Torah is about Moshe dying. And then the very first thing we read about in the Torah is Hashem bringing forth new creation like bringing forth Adam and, you know, and things like that. And so when you think about what we're talking about, you can see it even in our Torah study that we understand that when we die, you know, to ourselves, that we're raised anew, you know, we become a new creation through dying. And so when we're safeguarding our lips, when we're remembering where we come from, you know, and when we're, Basically, when we are making Teshuvah by returning to our first love, that moment of what am I doing? You know, I'm not supposed to be a person who is uh, promoting the opposite of peace. I'm not supposed to be a person who's blemishing the sacrifices. I'm not supposed to be a person who has no respect for Hashem. At that moment, you cause the death of Moshe and then you... Reset the Torah scroll, just like we do on Simchat Torah, Shemini Atzeret. And then you bring yourself back into the garden, back into the newness of life. And that's one of the most amazing gifts that Hashem has given us through Teshuvah. So, Bezrat Hashem, we hearken to the prophecy of Malachi. You know, we, in a sense, return ourselves to the beginning of the Torah portion, which not in and of ourselves, it's through Hashem. But when we when we awaken to that fact of where we are, and we're like, "Oh my goodness, I've forsaken my first love." Hashem is like, "Thank you for remembering that. Please get over here." <laughs> so I don't know. It's just kind of a, a neat little thing that I, I see when we when we just the way that the way that Torah study is meant to be. You know, it's meant to be that we end our Torah study with dying to ourself so that we can walk in and experience the newness of creation, which only happens through us turning our hearts towards Hashem. Because if we Torah study and at the end of it, don't die to ourselves, And because Torah study is exciting, like when you're dropping all this stuff, it's like, I want to go crazy right now. But I would be remiss if at the end of this and we do our bracha. And I just go out and just kinda do my own little thing. What did what did Hashem just show me? How do I walk into the newness of that creation that Hashem has just brought down? Brought this opportunity, you know? And so anyway.
1: Man. I I love the the imagery of, of zooming out of the, the Torah school you brought it down. Oh About the, the death of Moshe and then going in and it's like this like like you're saying, like whole recreating. Yes. Like you mentioned, you mentioned David, David saying, Hashem, I set you before you, on, set before you I set you before me always. He also talks about creating me a, a, a pure heart, like the whole idea of a whole new heart. Yes. So it goes on that, that concept that you're talking about of when you place Hashem before you, it's like you, you had the ability to be recreated back in, in his image. Yes, Amen.
0: I and the the first and la- the last letter in the first letter of the Torah, you know, ending the Torah, beginning the Torah, is the word heart. Yes. So your heart literally does become new, you know?
1: It's incredible. So, right. uh, like I said, I'd like to take uh, those three steps back yes. and uh, get into who... Uh, Malachi, like, like who, who, who is this guy? This is the one he's priest identity, and so, but, but it's it's almost like this irony because he's reminding of our identity, but here in the Tanakh and and the prophets, his name is almost very general. Malachi, it's like my messenger. Oh, you, know? you mean general and, like a war general? No, general like like almost vague.
0: Well, if I could uh, tag in for like okay. uh, five seconds. You said the oh. word who and I looked at Maliki, and it literally is the same letters as Mikael which is Hashem's oh, yes. general.
1: <laughs> yes. Let me like who mikael who is like Hashem. It was like you said is a general. That's amazing. So his name is kinda of general, you know? Wow. Well, not intended, but you know
0: Now it is.
1: <laughs> now it is.
0: <laughs> oh wow. Generally speaking. So,
1: it definitely has the, the same angels and the same uh, letters as uh, uh, Michael. which is amazing, amazing insight, um, Ahi. Wow. And so we have this idea, like, there's, there's something more to his name, like we found out. Like, even though it's vague, it's like my messenger, we rearrange it, we say, hey, it's, it's Michael, who's Hashem's general, oh, whose, whose name literally means Kael, who, Ka, is like El, like, like, like God. Who is like God?
0: Mm-mm.
1: And then we go further, like we have see all these commentaries. Oh, he's Ezra. Or <laughs> he's, he's Mordecai.
0: Oh, my word.
1: And I look at Mordecai. Mordecai was instrumental in redeeming the Jews from annihilation. Oh, man. He was the one who was planning the whole idea. We look at Ezra. Ezra has connections. Moshe. He's connected with Moshe. And like the commentaries, they say that the Ezra... Ezra is equal to, like, Moshe and Aaron combined.
0: Oh, my God. It says that bro.
1: if he would have been the time at Sinai, he would have been worthy of receiving the Torah himself. Oh. What? So with so in in Malachi's name, we have this idea he's connected to Moshe. He's connected to, like, this angel of Hashem, the general of his army. Right? And he's connected to the one who redeemed... Israel oh my from annihilation. Word. And it's instant because it actually he in uh Malachi 3.1 he uses the term Malachi and it goes on talking about it's like referring to some messenger that God will send to redeem Israel in a distant future. What? Yes. So this is this is later on in the book of Malachi talking about this messenger and it actually goes on and we, we, we see this this actually reference in Shemot Rabbah, Shemot Rabbah 32.9, about what it means. What is this this Malachi which had the same letters as Malachi's name, right? It is his name, but it's referenced in Malachi three 1, about Hashem sending his messenger.
0: Wow. This is
1: as behold, I'm sending my angel, my messenger, Malachi, and he will clear a path before me. Malachi three 1.
0: Clear a path. Yes. Okay. And sleeka
1: Go for it. Go for it.
0: <laughs> just real quick, cause cause we're talking about Mordecai, Ezra, uh, and Malhi, right? mm mm-hmm. So I looked at Malhi, and you just said path, and we're already talking about the me, which is who. So yes. If you look at Mordecai, Mem Resh Dalit Kaf <laughs> Yod. <laughs> it is the word. Me, Derek, who oh, wow. is
1: the path? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's amazing.
0: Please keep going.
1: Wow. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna send you on a mission, mission, if you will. Um, you could check out Ezra, see if you find any insights with that. Because right. that's amazing. <laughs> okay. But I'm gonna read this from Shemot Rabah 32:9 about this angel. Who it actually references verse in verse 3 1 from uh, Malachi. It says, The Midrash now presents an explanation, but views the appointment of an angel as a privilege granted to Israel. According to this explanation, the angel would be accompanied by the divine presence. <laughs> so it says, Behold, I send an angel before you. Hakadosh Baruchu said to Moshe, The one who protected the patriarch shall protect their descendants. It goes on and says, For so you will find that Avraham blessed his son Yitzhak. He said to him, Shim, God of heaven, he will send his angel, Malachi like before you. And similarly, what did our forefather Yaakov say to his sons? May the angel who redeems me from all evil bless the lads. May the angel who redeems me from all evil bless the lads. Come on. What does scripture mean by the angel who redeems me from all evil? It means that Yaakov said to him, This angel will redeem me from the hands of Esav. Rescue me from Lavan and nourish me and sustain me during the years of famine. Thus Hakadosh Baaku said to Moshe, Now too the angel protect the patriarch shall protect their descendants. As it states in our verse, Behold, I, Anokhi, send an angel before you. And for notes on that it talks about by using the word Anokhi, scripture implies the angel being sent is the one that accompanied God himself. Hmm. It goes on and said, Whoever this angel appears, wherever this angel appears, the divine presence appears as well. As it stated, the angel of Hashem appeared to him in a blaze of fire from amid the bush. And immediately thereafter it states, and God called out to him from amid the bush. Not only that, but when the people of Israel cry out in prayer before God, salvation arrives for them through the angel. Such was the case in the incident of the bush where it says, and now behold, the outcry of the children of Israel has come to me. Likewise, in regard to Gideon, scripture says the angel of Hashem, the angel of Hashem appeared to him. And immediately thereafter, it says the Hashem turned to him and said, Go with this strength of yours, and you shall save Israel. Likewise, oh in the future, when this angel will be revealed, when this angel will be revealed, the redemption will arrive for Israel. As is stated, behold, I am sending my angel, Malachi, and he will clear a path before me. Malachi one.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And there's different commentaries about who this Malachi is. Some say it's like Eliyahu, but it's, it's also... Very much uh, like this angel who's associated with the name of Shem. And the footnotes in the, the Midrash actually see this identity of the angel, none other than Mimtet or Mikael.
0: Oh, or oh <laughs> right? Man. Which
1: says the Midrash that the, the Mikael and Mimtet are one and the same.
0: Oh, you see that codified on uh-huh. the paper? Yep. Please cite that source loud and proud again, please.
1: M uh Shemot thirty two nine, footnote one
0: twenty one. And so says, says the angel. Sealed.
1: So it's <laughs> Yosef and Brashit Rabbah nine seven three states the angel in a scriptural passage is Mimtet for a verse states, My name is within him, alluding to Mintet whose name is associated with the name of God. And so it also mentions also mentions that you know he's the one who who brought up the, the pleas from Israel and Egypt says so this angel is designed by God to bring the prayers before him. Like you said, Malachi is also associated with, with Mordecai, which is like you said has associations with the way.
0: Yes, me, Derek. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so this, this, this angel, Memtet, he's associated with the name of God. He's associated with the prayers of Hashem. And this is, this is the angel who's a messenger. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. what it's alluding to when it's talking about Malachi, Right? This is the prophet who's speaking. Wow. And so, you have this idea of this angel, Mimtet, is associated with everything of the patriarchs. He's associated with helping uh, get a son, get a, get a, helping Abraham's son, Yitzhak, get a wife. Right? He's associated with redeeming Yaakov. He's associated with like the, the, the burning bush um, answering the prayers strengthening giving strength to Gideon and all of this and so we also know from uh, from the story of Avraham like when the angels can actually manifest in human form
0: and they they seem so unsuspecting unsuspecting just like a human like they eat, they drink, they sleep, they wash their feet, Come on, man.
1: Yes. Come on. Yes.
0: You know who we're talking about right now.
1: And so who who is it that, that this is all alluding to? The whole word Malachi is alluding to none other than Mashiach Yeshua. And you can go back to, and I'm going to kind of go through this this point a little more. Um, but the point I want to kind of highlight from all this is that we've been talking about the concept of identity. Yes. And the patriarch's identity um, Israel's identity has always been associated with and like in if you would say this special angel the special messenger of Hashem who is a special one whose who's the name of Hashem is in him.
0: That's right the name of and Hashem so, is actually in Malchi like you see the word El
1: yes who, who is like God it's almost like a rhetorical question right I am. I'm the image of, of Hashem.
0: Mm-mm-mm.
1: Coming, coming down to lead you on the correct path.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay.
1: All right. So, you got Ezra?
0: I do. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. All right. Waiting to hear that, then I'm kind of going to go through Malachi um, some more.
0: Boy. Okay. Hashem, be praised. Uh, I thank you for this. First of all, Ezra is. Ain, Zain, rash Hey, that's Ezra. Obviously, the root of that is Azer. Ain's Zain rash which means help, right? Which take the hey, you can put it in front. And it would be Ha Azer, which would be the help. Okay, but that's just Peshat. Let's take it up a notch. If you take the Zain and put that first, and then you go Zain rash Ayin, you have the word Zera, which is seed and then you take the hay and put that in front and you have Hazera, the seed Okay, which means this is the offspring. This is the place where growth is going to come from That idea of when the seed falls into the ground and dies and then that will bring forth the produce You know the germination process of a harvest So yeah, that's cool so what I was thinking, though, I was like, Hashem, there's got to be something else. And it's like, of course, there's always something else. If you take the ayin and put the ayin in front and go ayin, zayin, Raish, you literally get the word azar, which means help. OK, so when I was looking this up, I'm looking at azar. And, uh, I know we said, you know, Ezra is Iain Zion Raish. Hey, but just going back to, to Azer and Azar and breaking this down, we're looking at the idea of help. We're looking at the idea of going back to Zara for a second, seed, because in Bereshit chapter three, we have this idea of the seed that's going to be, uh in constant conflict with the seed of the serpent. So, looking at this though, the the helper aspect, I went all the way back to Bereshit forty nine twenty five, And you were already talking about this chapter because you were saying, you know, may the angel who redeemed me from all my troubles bless the lads. Well, in that same chapter, when it's giving the blessings over the sons, when it gets to Yosef, it takes a few verses. And literally in verse 25, it says, And that means by the God of your father and who will help you. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, wait a minute, what exactly is going on right here? Because when we're looking at Yosef, And why is this got to be something that's going on? It says that, first of all, the previous verse from there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. So the stone of Israel, the shepherd of Israel, Yosef. And then it says from the God of your father who helps you. So the stone who is the shepherd, who is from God, who is from the father, from his father, and the one who helps. And we talk about how Memtet is never without the presence of a shem. And so this is like going all around back and forth over here. And I'm like, wait a minute. So you mean to say that the very essence of who Malchi is, he's either a prophet within his own right, he's either one who is called the way or the path, or He's the one who is called the helper and who brings life. (laughs) Wow. So if you really zoom out from that some more, we have the way, the truth and the life being the three entities or so to speak, like a a picture of three facets of one single diamond in Malki. Which Memtet is actually the three pillars of the the Kabbalah, the like the, the sephirot, where they're all in the, the left and the right and the center columns, where those columns meet in what's called Teferit. That is the, uh, the uh, sephira which represents Memtet, which Mashiach is way up in Keter, which is the center column. I apologize for getting Kabbalistic so fast, but just had to because you have this idea of all of the attributes of a shem coming together in one centralized location. And it seems like it's three different things, but it's actually one. They blend together just like the red, the green, the blue. You put those colors together in a light spectrum and you get this, this cascade of light that's going on. And so that's where you see the light of a shim right there, like the light from Bereshit chapter 1, and why is the light Mashiach? Why is the light the Torah? Why is Memtet Mashiach? Why is, you know, the angel of Hashem always connected to Hashem? Because the light has to come from some. The help has to come from the Father, and then the way has to be determined by the Father, and the Father himself is the one who is reflected when we look at Malki, Memtet, Mashiach, and the culmination of what the light is. It's all a reflection of the one who sent him. And the final thing I want to say before I finish is Dr. Sokol drops that Malki is the first and the last of the prophets. After Yeshua in the Tanakh, that brings a message of teshuva to Yisrael. and if you really want the address to that, you can go back to Shoftim, which is Judges chapter two, verse one. And you might be thinking, "Well, Yehoshua died at the end of you know his his book, his sefer." Yehoshua It's like, "Yeah," but right after that. There is a prophet that comes who admonishes the children of Israel and his name just so happens to be Malki. So Mashiach Yeshua is the Aleph and the Tav and we talk about the Aleph in Judges chapter two and over here in Malki chapter one. Here's your Tav. That's it.
1: (laughs) Man, (laughs) that's incredible. There's, there's so much so much in there I love you bringing around like the the truth the way and light oh, and man. I don't know there's so much we can go in there we talk about it for days so I'm gonna throw in a support tag support and then touch on something
0: up. Come on.
1: so you mentioned Ezra mm. right as in like ha- Hazera like the seed mm. well Zera itself actually a name of Mashiach oh, real
0: quick oh man
1: <laughs> from Ruth Rabbah Rabbi Tenkuma said the name of Rab-Ava, Rabbi Abba Preserve the lineage The seed of our father It doesn't say son but a seed <laughs> Who is coming from a different place And who is he? He is King Mashiach From Ruth Rabbah 7
0: From a different place?
1: Damn. From a different there.
0: I like that which is,
1: Yeah, I got it, I got it <laughs> Okay <laughs> And then uh, there's also If you rearrange it Instead of putting the head at the beginning You can put the head at the end Which would be Zerah Hashem Ooh Seed of Hashem.
0: You sure had that. I'm sorry. I didn't even (laughs) ask.
1: (laughs) And so, there we go. And I want to read this commentary because he mentioned this idea of a shepherd. And so, in the commentary on this idea of the angel, footnote 118. In the preceding verse, Yaakov began by saying, God who shepherds me from my inception until this day. Then in verse 16, he said, may the angel who redeems me, etc. Simply understood, this means that Yaakov was addressing God who shepherded him beseeching him to instruct the angel who redeemed him to bless the lads. The Midrash, however, explains that Yaakov referred to the angel as the one who shepherded him. Yosef, therefore, explains that according to the Midrash, the verse reads as follows, God, may the one who shepherds me from my inception until this day, that is, the angel who redeems me from evil, bless the lads. And so, you know, this whole idea of, like, the identity of the patriarchs was found as being the flock of the shepherd, of this Mal- Malachi, Woo. right? Of this one who we just said is the way, the truth, and the light, of the one who says the seed of a shim.
0: Right. right. Come on.
1: And it just gets even more interesting when you actually dive into uh, Malachi. Like, it's such a general statement, uh, Malachi, right? And there's so many different commentaries on, on who the Malachi represents, right? It's almost begging for, hey, look at this, look at this, search in this word. And so we're going to continue continue doing that. Um, and if you look at Malachi, if you take, you mentioned this whole idea of the Alpha Tav, right? There's there's a principle um, of Gemachia study known as the atbash. It's like a letter exchange. Well, where the al- one of my Yes, amazing insights pulled from this. Essentially, you, you take the, the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet, you cut it in half, and the Aleph exchanges with the Tav, the Beit with the Shin, hence the word Atbash, mm. and it just keeps going like that. Right. And if you do that with the word Malachi, it is the exact same letters, except one letter, and that's the Aleph. But what does the Aleph exchange with?
0: Tav.
1: Tav. Okay, and so literally, you still have the mim, the, the lamed, the, the um, kaf, and the yud, which is like Malachi, which is my king. But the only difference is you have an aleph and you have a tav, the first and the last. So if you piece these together, you have my king, who is the aleph and tav, who is the first and the last. And this is what we say in the blessings, uh, the, the before blessings, or the after blessings of the, the Shema, when it talks about Hashem being the first and the last,
0: oh my! Goodness. And
1: you know, we, you know, Yeshua says, "I am the Aleph and Tav. I am the first and the last." Uh, Maybe may more familiar with the Alpha Omega if you're used to the angelic-sized version,
0: or the Zohar.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: there's that. There's that. The, the Zohar literally says, "See revelations about Alpha and Omega." Huh. <laughs> That's how they put it because they're like, okay. If you don't get Aleph Tav, just like Aziz just said. <laughs>
1: There's this.
0: <laughs> wow. You
1: somewhere. No.
0: <laughs> Well to Well, So, all, wait, wait, wait. Hold, like, literally all phones. Hold. Oh, you just, i malki, key, and my key is the Aleph Tav.
1: Yeah. Because the, it's the same letters. It has the same letters, except for the Aleph becomes a Tav. Everything else, Mim exchanges with Yud, Ramid with kaf, and so literally, it's just like this kind of switch.
0: I I just.
1: It's like it just switched around, it rearranged, but now you have the tav, you have the first and the last.
0: Okay. okay.
1: And within the word, my kink.
0: I'm just going to pretend like I'm not freaking out right now, but for the sake of the listeners, hopefully this can be a visual picture because what Hasis is saying right now is just so, oh, you need to get some help. Take, okay, look at the Hebrew word, ma'ki, put your hand on the olive or put your finger on the olive and pretend like this word, this whole word spins around the olive. Basically, if you held your finger on that olive and spun this word 180 degrees, it's going to be the same word according to the gematria of Atbash. So just spin those around so you see mem, lamed, aleph, kaf, yod then switch it so the yod would obviously be a mem the kaf would be a lamed the aleph would be a tav and so we're looking at the fact that you would still have the mem, lamed, kaf, yod regardless which is the word malki my king and then you have the aleph and the tav isolated from that malki. Et, or Et Malki. My king is the Aleph Tav, the Aleph Tav king. That's what just happened. Just to hope, hopefully everybody all around, from top to bottom, bottom to top, front to back, east to west, hopefully everybody just got that. That's insane. You better <laughs> talk now because I'm just going to have a meltdown.
1: Melt? No. no, it's fine. <laughs> Dude,
0: for real. i just, just go. Just
1: well, you know, just, you know, you, you had this idea of like the and top being like this, this fulcrum, this point where everything spins around, right? This focus point. And if you kind of look at the words around it, you have like mim, you have lombed, which you put the mim in front of it. It's like for, or I mean from, mm. if you put the lamid, it's like to or towards. Mm. And then you have the word like key. Mm. Which is like because. Mm. So, all these words, it literally is kind of like a fulcrum. It, it All these all the letters around the olive and the tav, which when you aunt Bosch it, the olive and the tav is both in the center, mm. all those little letters kind of point back to it, like because of, towards mm. the olive, towards the tav, because, mm. because of the tav, because of the tav, from the tav, from the olive and the tav. And so, it's all pointing around this, this central letter, like almost highlighting it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, this, this, if you, it gets better.
0: I'm going to it <laughs> out right now.
1: <laughs> gets better. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get angry just yet. No, gets better.
0: <clears throat> no, so. this is Simka right here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So
1: if you, the, the whole, uh, the, the Gamacha for the Atbash version where you, you exchanged it, uh, with a Tav instead of the Aleph now, it's 500. And you mentioned earlier about this stone, yes. right? You were talking about this foundation stone. Yes. Well, do you know what the dimensions of this foundation stone, the Temple Mount, is?
0: I'm going to guess it's a 500.
1: <laughs> 500 by 500.
0: Oh, you did not.
1: So the temple was the famous place of connection between heaven and earth. Historically, the space was where Yaakov dreamt about the ladder and its feet set on earth and its top reaching up to heaven. This dream highlights that this location joins the lower and the higher worlds even after the destruction of the second temple this location remains the gateway to heaven and an auspicious place for man's prayer to ascend upward the dimension of the temple mount were 500 square cubits the number beautifully ties in with the temple as the platform for man to begin his ascent The bid to bridge the 500 year distance between heaven and earth Wow. The and distance so,
0: between heaven and earth is Bridging the, the Gap is the mouth. Yeah, five
1: hundred years. And so and then it literally it also talks about this is from the, the book of Numbers. It says the tree of life, the It says the inner, inner listening, the, the far reaching influence of the Etzhaim extends to a distance of five hundred years. The the tree of life, was meant for man to ascend in his spiritual endeavors in order to lovely connect with the source of all life. And so you have this word, the, the Atmash of Malachi, is associated with this idea of connecting back to Hashem. Um, another, another 500 for you is the lives of the Avot. The lives of all the patriarchs actually add up to 500. So what? going back to the idea of identity, oh. yes, you have 173 year, years of Abraham's life and divine service, 180 years of Yitzchak. With the hundred forty-seven years of Yaakov's life add up to give you five hundred, dude. And so you just
0: call the tree of life from earth to heaven like the temple, and then you're just gonna hit us with the five hundred years of the patriarchs, like the tree of life and the bridge from earth to heaven, the temple. You just yeah. You just oh my goodness i don't know what to say to you right now you just
1: that's what we have hidden in this word this this one word not like this it seems like this very vague statement but going back to our examples we have this idea it's like connected with like this this foundation stone of the world it's connected with all three patriarchs (laughs) um it's connected with the the tree of life it's connected with uh ezra mordecai like you lucid beautifully like the the way the truth the life yes um So, all of these are connected with the the angel of Hashem, the angel of his presence, who is involved in the lives of all the patriarchs and all of Israel with their journeys. Like, this is what this word all connotates.
0: So, in other words, like, we have the Ruach HaKodesh, like, the council of Hashem, and he's, like, always with us kind of thing. And so, like, the Ruach HaKodesh is the angel of Hashem with the patriarchs. You know, like instead of just saying, you know, they're filled with the spirit, which they obviously were. But Mashiach was literally walking with the patriarchs. That's just crazy. It's,
1: it's intense. It's, the whole word points to. has all these connotations. And then, furthermore, there's another pretens- uh, principle of Gamachean known as katan. It's like the, the small numbers yeah. of the text. So essentially you just take the zeros off. Of each letter, uh-huh. and then you get four from the men, seven from the lamed, right? Adding them together, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So you get eleven. Adding up the the of Malachi, okay, which is extremely interesting because going back into our the Book of Numbers, oh. eleven is actually associated with Esau.
0: Yes, come on, Parsha told, don't look out.
1: Although, so it says, there's a close affinity between Esau and the number 11. Listing Esau's descendants, the Torah enumerates 11 Edomite chieftains. It was <laughs> an 11-day journey from Khorov to Kadesh Barnea oh. via Esau's homeland at Mount Se- Sierra. And it goes talking talk about, um, there's 11-day difference uh, between them, going talking about um, the descendants of Esau use a solar calendar, 365 days, the Jewish calendar potentially follows the standard communion year of 354 days Mm. and there's 11 day difference
0: Mm. between
1: the two Esau's nemesis was Yosef, the 11th son of Yaakov
0: Oh my word
1: Yosef's prophetic dream of the 11 stars that depicted that his 11 brothers would later bow down to him Right? And the Torah relates wow. that Yaakov escorted his 11 children across the Yabuk River. When he returned to recover forgotten items, he was attacked by Esau's ministering angel. Wow. And so this number 11 is associated with Esau and also this whole idea of Yaakov's struggle with to overcome him and Yosef. <laughs> wow. And so you, you kind of look at this idea we talked about linking to Esau, uh, like now Esau, Moshe. Um, and so there's this idea brought down from, from the talk. If you read the story of David, mm-hmm. who's another prototype of Mashiach, it says that he was like Ruddy, yep. like Esau. Yeah. And so there's this idea. And then even in Parsha Toldot, you have Yaakov cloaking himself in Esau's garments.
0: Mm-mm. He became <laughs> David.
1: <laughs> yes. So there's this, there's this whole this whole illusion with this name that Malachi this 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 uh, this angel if you will this mentet, is he's going to take on the appearance of Asaph. Mm-mm. It's it's going to look as if he's uh, like this wicked wicked person, but also like Asaph is, is like it's like this idea of of sin. It's like he's like this evil wicked person throughout all the commentaries. And so it's like this angel has taken upon himself all the sin, all the iniquities of the people. Oh, my goodness. And so this is what you have hidden within this 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 angel's name. Uh, you take the whole small is like this whole manifestation of this malachi. And what's interesting there is if you take the plain spelling of Esau in the Hebrew and you rearrange the letters, you actually get the words Yeshua. In the full spelling of Esau, there's actually a yud in there. Whoa, what? Yeah, the, the plain spelling of Esau. There's a yud, Esau, Esau. There'd be a yud in his name, so if you rearrange it, you would have Yeshua.
0: Oh, my word. <laughs> and then one last one last
1: exchange. We have another exchange known as the, the albam. Again, the- dividing the, uh, the Hebrew alphabet in half and rearranges in the off exchange for the the bait exchanges for the mim, and so on. You have this idea of, it's, you get bait, aleph lamed, tet, shin, okay? And in, these, in this word, you could have the spelling of, of lev. You could spell lev, heart, and eshet, like, like wife or woman. Oh. And so we, we pray in the, uh, every Arab Shabbat over wives, the eshet chayil, and one of the interpretations brought down about this is not just representing, uh, just any woman or wife, but it's also representing the Torah. <laughs> and that's why it has, it goes from Aleph to Tav, the letters that make up the Torah. And so right here, you have this idea of the heart of the Torah. Like you mentioned earlier, the Torah, like it, there's like this, la, there's Lamed, there's a, a bait, which spells the word Lev. All but right. the heart of the Torah would be the very center. And so the very center of the Torah, of all the uh, unique letters of the Torah, the ones that are like enlarged or or shrunken or written in a weird or, u- or unique way, I should say, by the Masoretic tradition, mm-hmm. there is a vav. Wow. <laughs> There's a vav in the center of the Torah, and the vav being like the sixth letter. It's synonymous with with the man. It's it has this connotation of of connecting and redeeming and changing. Like if you put it into the first part of a. Um, of a word, it will change like past to present or present to past. So it's, this this whole connotation is there as well, as okay. well as lam um, lamid to or towards, and then yeah. bot esh. So you have this idea of bot like daughter, and then like a lamid and then esh fire. So mm-hmm. this like this daughter who's going towards the fire. Wow. Which would be uh, first story that comes to mind with that. Is this whole story of um, Yehuda and Tamar? Yes. And so she's accused. She's accused of of going against the Torah, of adultery, and all this all this thing. And so she's sent towards the fire, but she remains silent. And so what's interesting in that is Tamar is and uh, Yehuda actually produced the offspring of David. Oh, right. So it's a, through the lineage it. of Mashiach. So back to the connotation that this is this is all associated, this whole word is associated with the idea of, of Mashiach, this idea of redeeming Israel, this idea of the one we've been attached to as our shepherd, as the person walking us through, as our way, as our light, as everything, as our helper, as the seed that comes to redeem us. Wow. <laughs> and I think it's interesting that, you know, like the whole reason she was about to be thrown in the fire is this idea of she had this surprising pregnancy. Yeah. And this whole connotation that she was assumed to be evil because of this. Uh, really? It was, it was actually a, the, a, a pregnancy that would bring birth, bring into blessing, bring the whole Mashiach, bring redemption into the world. And so we have something similar, of course, with the story of Miriam, right, who's still still accused to this day uh, through all this the this, Hara this that that she committed adultery and all this, all this uh, falsehood.
0: Wow, but I feel like in we this just got set and, up like in a beautiful way for this man. whole looking bad, but actually really good. So uh, well,
1: the whole, the whole connotation. I feel like the the whole. This could be a, a whole like series on its own. This whole idea of of this word, Malachi, this messenger hinting at, at every aspect of Mashiach, every aspect of, of what Yeshua did, how it came to be from this whole unsuspecting pregnancy to right. redeeming redeeming Israel, um, the whole connotations that this one bird brings.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, you know, just in case uh, we, we don't, for, just so we don't forget, I guess, is the better way to say this. As we're looking at Malki, and we're talking about all the different things it is, just remember, Mashiach did ask this question, Matityahu chapter 16, to be specific. When Yeshua came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his Talmudim this very important question. Who, me, basically, who do people say the Son of Man is? Okay, so who is Malki? Me, 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 Kael, me, Derech, you know, Ha-Ezra, Hazera. They say some replied, Yokanan the Immerser. Others say, Eliyahu. Others say, Yermiyahu Or one of the prophets. Like what Malki is called according to the Midrash in our Haftarah. He's called one of the prophets.
1: So, amazing
0: just wanted to bring that up it's in the besora
1: <laughs> that's incredible incredible connection <laughs> and before we get in the to practical insights um practical takeaways as i say can i just take us back to the hebrew reading of the very first verse of the half torah
0: back to the beginning just like back to the beginning
1: ready. three steps back oh <laughs> wow all right so it says "Mased el israel bayad and so, we, we discussed the word means like this burden, the burden that Malachi is carrying. And through the Hebrew reading, you could forget the, the transfer the word prophecy to burden. It talks about the burden of the word of God. The burden of the word of God to Israel through Malachi, this one we're just talking about. So it's almost like the idea that the, like you have the burden of of the word of God through Him. Mm. So you have the connotation of, of the word of God, right? Take right? it upon a burden of itself. Yes. Through the hand by Yad, Malachi, through this angel, through this messenger, that we we've, we've elucidated as as a, like a hint, a pointing to Yeshua, Hamashiach. And literally, if you look at the word by Yad, Malachi, by Yad, Yad would be. Uh, you Dalit, which has a gematria of 14, mm-hmm. the same gematria as David. All right? So, bait in or with, like David. So, there's connotation of, of, of Mashiach here. Also, David, like beloved. Mm-mm. Like the beloved son, the beloved messenger, the Dode. beloved seed of Hashem.
0: Yes. Dode. Like Dodi. Yes. So, is this why Mashiach says, take my yoke up on you? Mm-hmm. my yoke is easy and my burden he calls his yoke a burden yes but what does he say though my burden is light so pun intended it's not very heavy but it's also literally the light <laughs> so uh baruch hashem i just want to say this this has by far been the most uncalled for just crazy violent. Well, it's been very called for, which is probably why it's crazy violent. But Hasis literally what you just did with the 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 Ma-Ki and the Asav and the Eleven. Just you're. You know what? We don't get the podcast for one week.
1: One week, alright <laughs> Whole week. So see you next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're in timeout for a
0: week. <laughs> What? All right, I'll accept it. Baruch Hashem. So, um, practical takeaways. What would, what, or practical takeaway, what would we like to say?
1: Well, we definitely have a precedent for, uh, Mashiach bearing the sins of Israel and him coming down and taking upon all, all the burdens upon himself yeah. as, as you elucidated and connected to there, mm-hmm. um, but I think going, going to this whole whole idea of um, two things is this idea of reverence for Hashem. Uh-huh. Uh, you mentioned David said, I'll, I'll set Hashem before me always. You read like the first section of the Shulchan Ruk, it mentions this this idea that we're, we are supposed to do that and it derives it from that Talim, that, that we're supposed to set Hashem before us. Uh-huh. And so if we do that, if we set Hashem before us in all the days, everything we do when we sit down, Think of him and, and remind ourselves of, of who we are, of our identity. I mean. And if we're reminded that he's before us, then we're reminded that we're made in his image. And if we're reminded that we're made in his image, then we are going to do right by him. We're going to continue the legacy of, of Yaakov, and we're not going to have to worry about becoming the Aesop, becoming someone who strays away from him.
0: Amen. Ve Amen. And uh, just to uh, summarize that, or summarize my point that I would like to just add on to what you just said would uh, be from actually the letter to the Corinthians chapter 15. The first man of the earth was made of dust. The second man is from Adonai from Hashemayim. As is the one made of dust, such are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. As we have borne the image of those made of dust, let us also bear the image of the heavenly. That is from Corinthians chapter 15. Forty-five through forty-nine. So you said putting Hashem in front of us, focusing on who we're meant to be, who our identity is, and not forgetting that. We bear his image. So let us be that image. Oh, Amen. What do we know? What do we know? I don't know. First of all, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be here with Haseeb Baz, my bro, and I thank you for the insights that you've really eliminated for us. Todaraba, Rabbah for giving us the mind and the eyes and the ears to know, to see, and to hear the words of Mashiach Yeshua. We've been in the essence of Mashiach Yeshua this whole time, and it's been awesome. So like we were able to see in this Torah portion, Adonai, please Help us to die to ourselves so that we can walk in the newness of our, of the creation that you're making us into as we have moved into your word. Father, truly manifest out everything that we've talked about here tonight in our lives. We bear your image. Amen. Amen. Please help us. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Menakaolam Olam koh HaOlamim Zadik be Hadorot ha el ha Ha-el ne ha-omer ah. Veose hamda hamdaber um-kayem Shekol kol emet Vazerek Neeman eman atahu Adonai lohenu Ve ne-eman nim. Devareka ve-devar echad midvareka achor lo-yashuv re ki-el melek ne Verakaman ve atah. Baruch Atadonai Hael Hane Hael Hane be'kol Beko Devarav Biskut Mashiach Yeshua Amen Ve Amen Amen Well, this is Shomer Man and Hasis with Toldot Haftarah Get You Some, and we are signing off Shalom Shalom